for this message. Not that I'm never excited for uh, preaching, but I think God's placed on my heart as I've learned the community and a lot of the farmers here and a lot of the gardening, you know, the community garden that's in the back. And God just kind of birthed a little series, not to, we're going to speak it three Sundays in a row, but um, throughout the season. And so uh, today we're going to talk about sowing and uh, planting, preparing your uh, farm or garden, and then midsummer, midseason, we'll kind of talk about the maintaining and and how you keep it going, how you keep it growing, and then we'll talk in the fall about harvesting. A lot of times in the in the church world, there's a lot about harvesting. Um, we don't talk a whole lot about sowing. We don't talk a lot about the maintaining, but uh, those are all very important steps. You don't just plant and then walk away and wait for it to grow. There's a lot of process to it. Um, this summer, as you, uh, as you guys know, the church allows the community garden to have um, some of our land back here. Um, they have probably 25 or more uh, little plots. And so I've never gardened uh, before. I shouldn't say never, just very, very, very little experience. And my family doesn't like vegetables, and apparently tacos don't grow from seed um, or pizza or chicken nuggets. Anyway, um, but as the, the gardening club uh, came about this, this round, I thought, oh, I gotta be fun. I'm here. I live a block away. I could probably you know, help it to survive. I don't know that my garden will thrive, but um, it'd be fun to grow some corn and uh, carrots and all that kind of fun stuff. And so as I was uh, thinking about it, and I've talked with Jeff Gale is kind of in charge. Vicky has helped me when we were planting in the garden. I called um, Justin to talk about some of the farming principles because gardening a little plot you know, smaller than this stage is a lot different than farming hundreds and thousands of acres, right? And so the Lord just kind of put on my heart about how we uh, reap what we sow. How do, you, how do you sow? How do you plant? How do you begin this process of farming as I'm trying to um, uh, learn the culture of this town, this county, um, God just has spoke to me different things, and as you've lived here a long time or been a Christian a long time, you've probably uh, heard a lot of sermons about sowing and reaping, but this is my, uh, from my point of view, so hopefully you gain something a little different or uh, just are reminded again of what um, truths of God's Word uh, we can learn through this process. Uh, as you look on the uh, graphic here. Uh, I reached out to some of our farmers to get some pictures. And so, does anyone recognize this farm? Can anyone tell us whose farm this is? I see some. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is on the tops. Justin uh, gave me this photo. The other one we're going to use is from theirs as well. So, um, I don't know if I have any of the guys in the picture. I can't tell who's driving the tractor. Maybe. I don't know, probably, maybe it's parked, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's get into it here. 
And like I said, I'm going to continue this series in a, in a couple months, and so uh, I kind of have a long um, sermon today, so sit back and relax. <laughs> if I don't get a chance to finish it, we'll just tie it into the next one. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just love you, Lord. I pray for this message, that it would encourage our hearts to, for us to see what do we need to sow into our life that we want to reap. God, speak to our hearts. How do we need to prepare our life? How do we need to um, enrich the soil of our hearts? God, and, that, and what seeds do we need to plant? Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians 6, uh, starting in the second half of verse 7 and 8, says, Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The principle of sowing and reaping. Um, in, in more basic terms is you harvest what you plant, both positively and negatively. Job, in Job chapter 4, verse 8, uh, we read from Eliphaz that he's speaking to Job and saying, according to what I've seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest it. So what we're planting, what we're putting in our life and in the lives of others is going to grow in a negative way or in a positive way. So how can we sow to the spiritual principles or the fruit that we desire? Our hearts, our soul, our mind is like a field. And if we, if we want to plant good things or God things, if we want to grow spiritually in the knowledge and the wisdom and our depth of righteousness and our relationship with God, we have to have a field that is prime for planting and growing. Just like if you're trying to plant a garden or if you're trying to farm a crop, there's steps to take. Okay? It's quite a big process. Um, you can't just walk out to your lawn and say, well, there's a pretty good field across the way. I could throw some corn down, throw some beans down and walk away and Hope that you get this bountiful harvest. It, it doesn't work that way. Something, something might grow, maybe one or two, but it's not going to be uh, very good. Jesus gives us a parable in Matthew 13. It's called the parable of the sower, uh, famously, but it's really focused on the soil, not the sower, and also, this is one of the few parables that Jesus then offers an explanation. A lot of times, his uh, parables, you have to kind of think through yourself. The disciples have to think it through, okay? We're going to read from uh, verse 3, Matthew chapter 13, and it's on the screen for you. It says, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Jesus then explains uh, what those four soils represent. And he says that these are the four ways that people receive the word of God. The first one, he likens the soil uh, like a hardened path. The person hears it, doesn't understand it, uh, doesn't take it to heart, and uh, Satan comes and snatches them away. The second soil is a soil that has rock, a lot of rock in it. Those who initially accept the good news, accept the message, but then, and even with joy, it says, but then it has no root and no, uh, no firm foundation. Uh, and when the trials and when the persecution comes, uh, he stumbles away. The third soil is that among, that's, that's among thorns. It represents the worries of the world. And uh, when the person hears the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The final one, all it describes it as is good soil. This represents the person who hears it, who understands it, who has that firm uh, foundation, a good root, and it will indeed bear fruit. So which of these soils are you? Which do you want to be? Okay, Just because you may have some rocky soil or you may have some thorns, or maybe a hard uh, path, it does not mean that you cannot be cultivated to be good soil. Each of us, we hear, we receive the word of God, his teachings, his commandments, his precepts, as we read in Psalms 119, his ordinances, we, we hear that. But what we do with it is up to us. How much it permeates our hearts and our life is up to us. We need to have that deep, that rich soil. So like I said, I've done a little bit of research and talked to a few and um, Google and YouTube some of it, okay? When you, when you get to a field that you want to plant, you need to uh, look at it, you need to assess it. Like I said, you can't just jump right in and, and sow the seed. Before it's ready to plant, you might use tillers or diggers. You might use discs. You're trying to remove the weeds. You're trying to remove the rocks that come up, um, the clumps of soil. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be needing to be leveled. And so uh, you want to have a level seedbed, all of these things. Ultimately, uh, you have to do all of those to have a level seabed, um, free of weeds, free of clumps, free of rocks. So my first point today, what is that like in our life or our soil of our hearts? What do we, um, when we're assessing ourselves? okay? Well, it starts with uh, removing sin in our life. Um, salvation is through Jesus. We've talked about that uh, through the study of the book of Romans, but uh, removing sin in our life. Second, I'll dwell on this for a few minutes, is removing things in our life that cause sin. 
So if we can uh, look at ourselves and realize, I need Jesus, I have sin in my life, let's get rid of that. But also there's things that may cause us uh, to sin that we need to uh, get rid of. So Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. When you identify sin in your life, figure out, is there something I need to stop doing uh, that encourages sin? Is there something that puts me in a situation uh, that's going to prompt me more easily to sin? Is there a, a place I go that, uh, that makes that temptation too strong to overcome? Is there an app on our phone uh, that causes me to view things or participate in conversation that causes sin? Uh, we can uh, delete those apps easily. Is it a person that influences us in such a way that causes sin in our life? Jesus put it like this in Matthew 18, verse 8. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Whoa. Okay. He says it's better for you to enter eternal life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. That's extreme. But what he's saying is to get rid of the things in your life that cause you to sin. It may be difficult to end a relationship or a friendship, but it's worth your eternal life in heaven. It may be difficult to get rid of technology that you depend on, but it's worth your eternal life. It may be difficult. Uh, You may have to sacrifice places you go or people you see or things that you do and people may think you're weird why why don't you do this like everybody else in the world why don't you have the why don't you go here but you have to keep your focus on God the final part of the preparation of our uh, the soil in our heart is to level it like uh, Justin was telling me it's important to have a level seed bed when you're planting And it's important to have a level, uh, a balance in your life. Okay, 2 Peter 3.17 says, Be careful that you're not carried away by the error of the wicked and lose your own stability. Hebrews 13.9, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It's important to have balance in your heart and in your mind. Paul teaches uh, in Ephesians 4, 14, to be mature in our walk with God and not to be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and uh, craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We need to have balance. We need to get rid of the sin. We need to get rid of the things that cause us to sin and prepare the soil in our heart uh, to be able to sow it. Point number two, so after you've cleared weeds, after you've cleared uh, the rocks and you've leveled the seabed, it's important to enrich the soil, to fertilize it, to use organic matter to break down and build up the nutrients in the soil, okay? One important uh, thought as I was researching, as I was studying this and the Lord kind of dropped this on me is that he works in the same way. We don't go into a field and think, okay, this soil is terrible. 
I'm going to scoop it all out, replace it with good, perfect soil. He doesn't, God doesn't do that either. God doesn't see you and say, man, I really want to work in your life, but I'm just going to replace you and, uh, and, and put a new, new person or a different person, right? God um, doesn't remove you and start over. He takes you. He makes a new creation out of you. He cultivates you. A different analogy or illustration is that of the potter and the clay. And it's powerful. There's a few different uh, places in the Bible that talk about this. But in Jeremiah 18.4, God tells the prophet Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. And I'm going to speak to you. See, observe what he's doing, and, and uh, I'm going to speak to you what to tell Israel. And verse 4, Jeremiah 18, as he's observing it, he says, The pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another part, pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. The potter doesn't see a marred pot as he's working the clay. If it's deformed, if it has a rock in it, if it has uh, a deformity in it, he doesn't take it off the spinny thing and say, I can't work with this, I'm done, I'm going to... No, he removes, he, he changes the form of what he's going to make and he forms it into something new. God... It's the same way with our soil illustration. God will enrich our lives just like we enrich the soil that we want to plant into. How does he do this? Some of these are basic, but just want to reiterate to you. How does God enrich the soil in our heart? By reading his word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. And in a few verses later, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Studying under solid teaching. Okay, you need to read the word of God and then study it as well. Okay, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16 says. Um, You enrich the soil of your heart by spending time in prayer. Well, that's obvious, right? But we need to pray. If you're not connecting uh, with God, if you feel uh, hardness in the soil or rocks in your soil or thorns, like pray, spend time with God. My next point is spend time in listening, okay? We don't want to do all the talking to God. We want to listen, Uh, Psalm 25 says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truths and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. Another one is to have community with other believers. You're not in this uh, Christian walk, your relationship with God. You're not in it alone. Uh, be in a community with other believers as iron sharpens iron. One man, uh, one person sharpens another person. Proverbs 27, 17 says, you got to get with other like believers, okay? 
Uh, you need to fall under solid uh, teaching, not just listening to every whim of the, the next you know, famous preacher or next wind of doctrine, and you're jumping from this, jump to that. Get under solid teaching. Study the Word of God. Pray. Listen. All of those things help to enrich the soil of your life, just like placing uh, organic matter or fertilizer on a field, uh, all of those things. They help to prepare the soil uh, to receive and to, and to grow. Point number three, the last step is planting the seed. So you've uh, looked over your land You've assessed it, you've removed the rocks, you've removed the, the weeds, you've leveled it, uh, you've enriched it, okay, now you're ready to plant. In choosing what seeds to plant, several factors come into play. What fruit or vegetables do you like, okay? Uh, what crop will grow in your area? That's probably pretty good. You don't want a tropical fruit in North Dakota, right? Okay. Um, if you're doing it for a living, your choice is going to be financially driven of what's in the area, what's needed here, what's um, paying more, right? So what are you sowing? If you, as the Bible says, if you reap what you sow, what is it that you want to reap? If you want to become great, Jesus taught you, you must be the least, if you want to receive blessings, Jesus said it's better to give. If uh, Jesus wanted to be, uh, Jesus did not want to be served, um, but to serve. He served others. If we want love, we need to love others. If we want uh, prayer, if we desire, man, I wish people would pray for me, pray for others. Okay? Uh, if you want grace, be gracious, be uh, show grace to others. If you want mercy, show mercy. Um, all the things that you want or that you desire, you need to be sowing those things. You want to be a strong Christ follower? Follow Christ, okay? Uh, you want to have a strong knowledge of the Bible? Read it. Study it. So... Um, <clears throat> Another important note about the seeds. Seeds will stay dormant in a package uh, for years, kind of depending on uh, the seed, but some would stay in that package for 20 years and not ever grow. Um, they won't do anything, okay? But what activates those seeds? What happens uh, to them to make them grow and be fruitful, okay? There has to be, um, they're not dead. Uh, that was something I Googled, okay? Um, they're dormant, but they, uh, the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about um, this, like a seed has to die in the soil before it can grow and uh, be fruitful, the, the seed has to be activated uh, by water, by soil, by the nutrients around it. Um, when it's placed in the soil, then it dies, the shell opens up, and life comes out of it. Why can't life come out of it when it's in the package? 
It's dormant. It's sealed up in there. You need, uh, you need water to activate the seed. And that's a whole other sermon. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit uh, is referred to as the water, the, the life-giving water. Uh, so that's a cool um, comparison to them as well. But Jesus says in John 12, 24 through 25, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus uses the analogy of a seed to relate it to our spiritual life. Just like the seed has to die, it has to lay in the soil and uh, to reproduce a plant that produces more fruit and more seed, okay? So we must die to ourself, our sinful flesh, right? And then we are made alive in Christ, Romans 6.6 6 promises, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, Jesus, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Amen? We're going to conclude if Angie would come and uh, play softly. I hope that one or more of these principles popped out at you to get you uh, thinking about what you need in your life. What's the soil like in your life? What seeds have you been sowing that's maybe brought uh, wrong, negative, bad things into your life and you want to sow positive, you want to see sow godly principles uh, into your life like this parable of the sower it's been around for 2,000 years since Jesus uh, talked about that with the disciples those principles are still the same today what do you want to sow into your life how do you want to do it if I want to be and I do I want to be a better pastor for you and a better spiritual leader. As a rural pastor, I wouldn't plant seeds by going to a mega church pastor's conference or a, a, a pastor's conference for inner city or multi-ethnic group pastors. I could learn something, right? But if I, uh, but when I go to a rural pastor conference, and there's th probably the majority of churches are in rural settings, okay, that's where I would learn how to reach this uh, this um, type of people, this community, right? So uh, you're gonna sow the things that you need, right, and that you desire and that you want, the things that will help you. And each of us uh, are different and each of us have sown some things, like I said, that, oh, I didn't want to do that. You can uproot that and sow new, right? My final thought is from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. It says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You get what you put into it. Okay? If I want corn that will uh, fill up the freezer for the whole winter, I need to plant a bunch of seeds. I can't just toss down three you know, kernels of corn and think this is going to last me uh, all winter. No. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And it's the same with the, the principles and the truths of God's word. Would you stand with me as we wrap it up? As we spend uh, just a couple minutes in prayer, I want you to reflect on uh, where your what soil is in your life. How have you uh, prepared it? Maybe you've uh, you're not a follower of Christ, and you have the rocky soil, the weeds, and all the thorns, and you need to uh, be in that step uh, where you're clearing those things out and you're making a commitment to follow the Lord. I do that this morning. But wherever we're at in our relationship with God, if we're looking um, and maybe we're not uh, enriching the soil, maybe we're not reading the word uh, much, maybe we're not praying, maybe it's been a month since you prayed, uh, maybe you never listened to God, maybe you haven't, uh, you know, you're feeling uh, convicted because all I ever do is talk to the Lord and then I go on with my day and I need to stop and slow down and listen. That's kind of going to be the point of the second message in our sermon. There's a lot of waiting and trusting and faith that goes into planting, right? What seeds, what seeds do you want to sow into your life? What seeds do you, what, what truths do you want your life to be consisting of? Think about that and, and pray in that way uh, as uh, Angie uh, leads us in this song and then we'll close in prayer if you'd like prayer even if it's not on uh, this topic if you have something going on in your life and uh, you would desire prayer I'd love to pray with you uh, before you leave this morning you can come forward amen amen heavenly father God we just love you Lord, and I just pray that um, this message would just uh, meditate in our life, permeate maybe a better word uh, with this illustration, God, that we would see um, the truths of your word um, in the everyday life of gardening, of farming. There's even, there's, there's other analogies that work for it, God. I just pray that you would bless each person Lord, and that your word uh, promises in 2 Corinthians 9, just a few verses after what we just read, that um, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Lord, let it happen uh, that we would sow bountifully, not sparingly. Uh, that we would be so in tune as uh, Resh was just desiring in his prayer. God, that we would be used in mighty ways, not just uh, in small ways. Lord, we would sow in, in uh, num- numerous ways, not sparingly. 
Uh, not just a little bit here and a little bit there. God, use us. God, sow into us uh, what we need. God, and uh, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to us, bring moments um, in our life that we can then in turn sow into others' lives and plant in them and show uh, you to them and their need for you. God, that you would use us uh, to reach this community um, with your love and your hope, your light. God, and that people would see that, man, we are uh, fruitful uh, we're bountiful, our harvest is great, not that we would look great, but that would mean that and they're seeing you, Jesus, through us. So help us, God, uh, this week, um, the rest of this day as we think about um, this message that you would speak to each one and encourage our hearts, God. We just love you, Lord, and we just want to be more like you, Jesus. We want to be um, more like you. We just love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.